Hi there, welcome to Where's Wilmington. I'm Lisa Kapala. I know you know that. I am so excited about today's show. I'm excited about all the shows we do, but this one especially. I think I've noticed in the last few years, people seem to be more concerned about ancestry, you know, those tests we can take, and genealogy, and where we came from, and all of that jazz. Well, if you like history, or even if you don't, we have something amazing to share with you today with my new friend, Joe Jackson. He's going to talk to us about an amazing map he created. I, I can't even tell you more unless I talk to him. So, Joe, Hi. I am so glad you're here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So, you're a genealogist. Yes. Wow. Big title. Yes. What does it really mean? Well, so genealogy, when you think of your genes, is your heritage, your mother and your father, and where do you descend from. So a genealogy mostly starts with the family tree and trying to build up, you know, who are, who's your parentage. And sure. a lot of people go back as far as you can get to build sure. up a big tree, and sometimes you get stuck at an immigration or right. movement across the country. It makes me of the olden days with Bibles, or you know, sometimes we see in movies, mm -hmm. maybe some of us don't have those family Bibles at home, but there was the tree and you know, somebody calligraphied in the names of the cousins and all of that. But you're doing something amazing for Wilmington, which I want to talk about. Sure. What are you calling the project? And we're going to see more, so don't worry. Yeah, pr probably I just call it the Wilmington Maps Project. Yeah. Because there's multiple maps that have been feeding this project, keeping it going and yeah. adding more information. So I haven't really been clear about what it is we're trying to say. So the Wilmington Maps Project. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about you first. You're okay. not from Wilmington. No, I'm from Tennessee. I was well, welcome. raised and born there and lived there my whole uh, growing up years. I went to college, and my wife is from Maine, and right. we decided to find a place to live that was close to either my parents or her parents. Love it. And we moved to North, North Woburn in 2007, lived there for six years, and then bought a house in Wilmington okay. in 2013. So the reason why I'm telling people that is it's fascinating to me that you are so fascinated with Wilmington. Yes. Do you think you would have done what I'm about to tell people you did anywhere you lived? Uh, probably. Just yeah, because it's in your nature. Yeah. So I am a research engineer for work, and so I poke at problems and try to find out more details about right. them. And like when we lived in North Woburn, just walking around to take my son to kindergarten, we would see things, and I'd have to go look them up on the web or try you to find out. You mean historical things, like you might historical see a monument, things. or you might see a plaque on a house that says right. 1722 whatever nest, and right. you were like, hmm, what is right. that? So that made you curious. Right. For example... His kindergarten was right next to the Lynn Scott Rumford birthplace. And so it's the Lynn Scott Rumford um, Elementary School. I think I said it wrong, but the Benjamin Thompson birthplace. That's okay. And so a historic house right next to an elementary school, and I'm not used to that coming from Tennessee where the buildings only date to 1850 and, and newer than that. Okay. So things are older here, and they catch my interest. Cool. So you moved to Wilmington. Fast forward, you moved to Wilmington. One day you kind of looked up and said, hmm, I live XYZ place. Mm -hmm. I wonder about the history of my home. 
By the way, many of us think of that. Uh, we can do Google Maps to aerial view our houses now. Right. You know, we can see things about all kinds of people and places, but there's a lot of history in Wilmington, as with other small towns too. There's a lot of history here, and we hear the words like Butters Row, Yantal Farm, and mm -hmm. we take those for granted, but there is history there. And it can be fun. Absolutely. And you've made it super fun. So tell me about the journey that you went on to kind of decide to make this amazing thing that we're going to tell you more about and show you too. This amazing Wilmington genealogy map. Tell me about the day that you sort of decided, I think I want to do this, and then what happened? Sure. Um, so there's been a lot in the news recently about the Butters Farmhouse that right. got restored and it was you know, potentially going to be lost and then somebody said, uh, let's save it and build it and live in it. And I thought, well, that's really amazing because it's very, very old, you know, 1680 something. Right. And so I live in that neck of the woods and I was thinking, well, I know that that's Butters Row and I know that there was a lot of family who lived there. Does my section, like who lived here? Was it a farm? Was it right. forest? Was it pasture land? I don't even know. And so I thought, I bet I could figure out what it was. Was it a part of a farm or, or what? And so I started looking, just Googling. And it was March of last year. Just search on Google, Wilmington Old Maps. And I got a hit. And I started with that 1856 map by Henry F. Walling. And I looked in it and I said, okay, so there are no houses along where I live. Then? In 1856. Right. And so I said, but who was here? So I went to the top of the street and to the bottom of the street and, and those old maps, they used to put the names of the property owners on them. Right. And I said, well, I'm a genealogist. It's really I could, not enough. I, I could look them up on familysearch.org and find out, you know, how many kids did they have? You know, what did they fill this house with? And is that the house that was there 170 years ago? Right. So I just started digging for my neighborhood. And then I thought, well, our town isn't that big. I could probably take these bits of information and learn more about each of them. Right. And that was when it, I had the idea, okay, well, to keep it straight, let's map up these old roads with the new roads. Because right. we don't have all the same roads that we did. Right, and when you can't, because it looks like some of the older properties, if you look at the older properties in town, the way they're facing, oh, yeah. you know that that had to be on a main street at some time, but now it's not anymore because the way the traffic patterns right. or the way life changed. But what made you want to do this as a gift to Wilmington? You're not from here. <laughs> that amazes me every yeah. time I think about the plethora, which you're going to see in a moment, of research you've done such a gift to our community and I just want to thank you for that. Such a gift to our community. Sure. You went beyond just my street to all the streets. Right. And and it didn't originally start as I'm going to create this massive encyclopedia of information about Wilmington. That's what you did? It turned into that because I didn't know when to put it away and say I'm right. done with this. Well, you never right? done. So. You never done. So I started with that one map and I, I got all of the householders, right, which are typically male in 1856. Sure. And I because the males them. were identified as property owners Correct. and the women at that time were more like property under the property owner. They right. didn't have rights. And, and then the children were all listed too. Right? Well, not on the map but only if I wanted to know more then I would have to go look at the census or their family tree. Which is why you linked 
Let's mm -hmm. talk about the links. So right. I love how your mind works, Joe, because we've talked a little bit. So you kind of blow blew it out a little bit. You said, okay, well, it's good to know who owned this house, but you actually have attached to each of these pins on the map, mm -hmm. not only who lived there and what you know, but articles and other stuff that's been written about right. these properties. Let's talk a little bit about that. That's, that's a very good point. So I'm not from here, I wasn't raised here. And as I began digging and exploring, I found that there's been a lot of people who've done research through the years. Right. And so, you know, the, the first articles that I hit on were by Lars Nielsen on the town crier. Right. And I thought, oh, this is a great story. And I should and take he that. he is great. And, yeah. and include that link with this person so that I could, if I ever want to read more about this person again, I've got that link to the town so crier article. So you were having a little genealogy party at home. Yes. By yourself. Learning a lot. But then you decided to blow it out and give it to us in the community as a gift. Right. And it's free. And it's free for anyone to look at. Right. Which is amazing also. So what you've done is, let's say we look at 12 Butters Row, we'll sure. say. I don't want you to give me any information about that. I'm just using that as a name. So when we click on that pin, and we're going to show you in footage how to do that, you would not only see who owned the house, who mm -hmm. lived in the house, how that house was transferred through real estate, but any articles that you have found would be linked to that. The ones that I've found so far, so, I know there's more. Yeah, so that means if I were a Boy Scout, mm -hmm. a Girl Scout, a historian, just a regular Joe, and I want, just a regular Joe, I see what you and I wanted to <laughs> know stuff, it would all be there for me. Do you realize what you've done? You've made it so much easier for people to figure out these things when they right. would have had to research hours and hours and hours on end. Right, so it's becoming kind of like a town encyclopedia yes. of information. Yes, and then your journey led you to become part of some organizations in Wilmington. Let's talk yeah. about how that happened. Well, so when I realized that I was, you know, 80% complete. Huge, 80, what you're doing. Right, for the maps I said, so this is useful to somebody, I'm not quite sure who. Right. But, you know, is it the library? Is there a society? Is there right. the, the town itself in the clerk's office? Sure. So I asked on Facebook, on the town Facebook page, and, and they said, well, you need to go and talk to... The Wilmington Historical Commission. Yes. Right? And the Harding Tavern, too, because they mm -hmm. kind of work together. Exactly. So I sent an email through the, the link on the website, and they said, right. well, come to September's meeting. Tell us what you have, and we'll tell you what we think you need to do with it. So... I was, and I'm sure they thought you were just not you. Like this guy just, but you, I can't yeah. even thank you enough for all the amazing things you've done, which I promise we're going to show you any second now. Yes. Um, they must have been overwhelmed with the amount of work yes. you have done. And they had great suggestions as well. Good. Like they said, you need to reach out to Brad McKenna at the library, right. the digital librarian, because he can help put a place where it can be hosted for the town to get to, right. rather than just on my own Google right. Docs and right. Google Your site. own little genealogy right. party. My corner you of the wanted world. to make sure. And you know, it's really nice that it exists via the library, mm -hmm. so that um, folks who might be doing research can get it there. Mm -hmm. Such a nice gift. Yeah. Should we show the people? Yes, let's. All right, let's do that. Let, let's stop talking about what it is, and let's let you guys see what it is. And then when we come back from this footage that we shot with Joe showing us how to research, how to use the map, and also how to save those searches, we'll come back in a minute and we'll talk some more. 
All right, I'm Joe Jackson, and this is a tutorial on how to use the Wilmington Maps Project to look at neighborhoods and buildings and features of historical interest. On the library web website, you can click over to Community and Local History. When you click on that, it brings up all these other options, including historical homes and places, and that's where the map lives. So click into Historic Homes and Places, and it brings you onto this page with uh, my attempt at putting a key and how-to together. Basically, it's put together these multiple maps, and each map has a different icon, so those can be hidden or shown if you're interested in a different time period. And this book icon shows other historical interest items like links to other websites or photographs or town crier articles that Lars Nielsen or his father had written many years ago. So a lot of historical information under the books. And then to look at full screen, you can click on this, um, this icon here. And if you want to hide or show the extra information, this icon will do that. So I've already clicked into it on this other tab, but I can show you here. You just click on this icon and it will go into the full screen. Um, if you want to only focus on a certain time period, you click on these icons and it makes them disappear one by one. And then you can just hone in on the item of interest. By the end of it, there's nothing left but the town boundary where I traced off of Google's maps. But say we're interested in looking at something particularly interesting. For example, if you're researching the history of the town common, your mouse can scroll forward. Um, I think there's also a zoom button on your typical browser with this plus and minus. But if you're using a mouse, you can scroll in. And you can see the current view from the overhead view. And I suspect as time goes on, Google will put new satellite views here, but the old icons will persist. So we see lots of book icons here, and these other logos, or, or icons rather, that, for example, this building here, when you click on it, it says it was a school in 1875, and it was also a school in 1889, uh, located on the map. Um, it was around that time, actually, it turned into a library, our first town library. If I click on the book icon, something else comes up, um, where it puts up this information panel on the left. At the top there's a photo, and then the tag, and then some links to where these photos came from, which some of them already were on the library's website. Other ones were in books that I found or on the Mass Historical Council's um, website. If you click on that image, it'll bring it up full screen. You can see I have three images here, and I just use arrow keys to look from this image to this next one. And the next one here it is after it's already been converted into a library. If I push escape, it'll go back to the overhead view. Um, this building no longer exists on the left. We now call it the Swain School, the Swain Green. Originally, it wasn't called the Swain School. It only got turned into the Swain School when the high, new high school was built across the street in 1950. And they renamed it the Swain School because it can't have the high school and the high school. So we can see views here. And I haven't dated which years each of these photos were taken, mostly because I, I can't be certain, um, but maybe other historians could help identify which years they were taken from other information like tree ages or different flags. We can tell this is more recent with it being color in the automobile in the background. Um, here's a school behind this icon, which I only learned about from looking at some other websites. Um, this center school multiple grades in it, high school and some intermediate age 
uh, kids, eighth and seventh graders as well. And it was put into multiple uses in time. And it was the high school before the Swain School was built. Rather what we call the Swain School at least. And it was taken down I think in the 80s. If we're interested in just looking at the common, there's links to a, a website if we want to read a web uh, article on the town crier about the flagpole or about the town common. Um, this is of interest if you live in a particular neighborhood. For example, if you want to know more, uh, if you live on Marion Street, for example, one of the old town streets which connects into Butters Row, and there were Butters family members there, you can find out, okay, who lived here? Well, it was Eldad Butters at this marker. Did he live here later on when the later mate? map was made. At this point it was Peter McGrain. And across the street we can see this yellow flag that was one of the oldest from 1775 map. James Butters lived there. And then later on, on the 1856 map you see here on the left, I indicate which map. The 1856 map was Eldad Butters, one of his descendants. Incidentally, his parents lived next door, Simeon Butters. And you can find more information about that cottage before it ultimately was taken down. By clicking on the image. And I'm happy to add more information if people have pictures or dates or stories to tell. We can add those here in the details section. So that's the gist of how you can kind of scroll around and explore your neighborhood or your friend's neighborhoods. Some places that you think are probably historical but you can't tell for sure. Uh, you can find out where people lived, like the Bucks or the Evans family or the Eames family long-time names here in Wilmington. So in this view also, there's some additional ways to save it into your own Google account if it's something that you want to go back to regularly. I see this star here, and you can star this map to view in Google Maps. And in your own Google account, it will be there accessible to you. And this share button, if you're interested in sending it to people, you can share via email and it will send a link directly to your uh, interested research buddies or family members or friends. Um, and for the library's sake, I sent them this embed code to include there. So if you're a family historian and Wilmington is a part of you, you might take the embed code and put it on your own website, which perfectly is good, and I'm happy to have it shared all around. Say, for example, you're interested in the Buck family because you are a Buck descendant and you want to find out more about the Bucks. So I just click the back arrow to get to this general view, and you see this magnifying glass. Maybe I'm not interested in all of the bucks. Maybe I just want to know in the 1850s, or 1850s and the 1830s. I'm going to turn everything else off for now, um, except for those. I'm going to click on the magnifying glass, and it's going to explore these brown markers for 1831 and these red markers with 1856. When I click there, I get this. Uh, field and I'm going to type in buck and I want to see all 70 results because there was lots of households in the buck family and it gives me a list here that I can scroll through and see all of the names that include buck. We can see here Buckman which isn't a perfect match for what we were looking for. Hmm. And even Alance and Jacobeth were wondering is he buck affiliated? We can click on that one and we see farmer married Sarah Blodgett Buck 1813 to 1871. Only one child, Sarah Jane, lived to adulthood. And in fact, this is a story that um, I heard Janice Jakewith tell me 
over email last week, so that was an interesting story about the Buck family. We know that there's lots of Butters family, and we, if we click Butters here and then hit enter, that's not what I expected. Oh, I meant to see CL31 results on this map. Well, it's now recentered us, but here's the, the Butters names, and if we click into those, it'll bring us back to where we belong in the Butters family. Again, here we are on Marion Street, Eldad Butters that we mentioned previously that lives right here, and we can go back and we actually see all of these markers are butters. We'll see people that they married into, like the Damons, um, or houses that are named after them from these other databases. So fun to shoot that with you. Isn't it? It was awesome. Thanks. And it was probably fun for you to do it, right? It is. Yeah. You know, once you fall in love with something, you want to share it with right. other people. And I mean, I mean, your family, your wife and children, I'm sure they were very supportive about the whole process. Uh, you could say that. Yeah. A lot of it was like in the midnight hour when yeah. people are asleep and the house is quiet. And, yeah. my... and you had something to do. Yes. Productive, right. right? Yeah. But it's so nice that they were part of the process, but now right. you're blowing it out to the right. whole world. Absolutely. Right? So what uses do you think people would have for what you've created? Uh, well, so for example, if you are interested in knowing, you know, what is the history of my property? And on the maps that have the names attached, they stop about 1900 because the town gets more dense and a lot right. more residents. So it's kind of that period between 1794 and 1900 that this map It's so funny on. to talk about those years. You know, there are some books that are available, mm -hmm. um, little very nice black and white books that are written. I think Jerry O'Reilly did one, and mm -hmm. I want to say Lars probably helped with that, Nielsen, um, and other folks too. If I missed you, please don't be mad. But um, I know that people have done picture books yes. about the town. But this is in real time and so fascinating. You can take your time with it and kind of look through and see. So I guess if you were doing a history project for school, right. you know, middle school, high school, or if you were maybe trying to figure out your family tree, you bet. or if you were a Boy Scout or Girl Scout, maybe doing a project for your badges. Right. What else? So um, take, for example, so Paul Chalifor published a book about 20-something years ago, and it's um, images of Wilmington. And when I looked at that book, I thought, well, where are these places? It's hard to contextualize around town because things don't look the way they used to. Right. And so some of these old pictures that he had taken from the Bond collection that's at the museum, I had put links into their pinpoints. And right. so if you want to just see what it looks like 100 years ago, you could go and click through the points and there's pictures attached. And there's uh, the dates and the occupations. Uh, most of the people were farmers in, in the earliest right. days. But uh, certainly if you wanted to know, um, you know, where did the Carter family mostly live, or the Eames family, or the Buck family? You could trace, you know, where, where these cousins lived. If you already have your family tree, and right. maybe this is one of the best use cases, if you have a family tree and you know who your ancestors were, but you didn't know where they lived, this would be a great index to, to point you directly right. to, to their properties and farms. And if you don't have any of that, and you've never done any of that, I gotta tell you, it's super fun anyway. Super fun. You just type in an address and you get all these right. things, links and this, and so fun to use. And I think some of what 
we as people, you know, we have, some people are really into family tree and all mm -hmm. of that, and they get that done. But this is so fun and so user friendly. It's not dry. It's not scary. It's not Thanks. fifteen thousand things to click, click. You've really made it one stop shopping for people to get what they need. Right. Why did you do it? Why? So I do like maps. Maps are great. My my wife got a degree in college in geography, so we've always been having like a map-centric home, the shower curtains. I in love our home that. Map of the world shower curtains. And so cool. the kids enjoy those as well. And I, being an engineer, like to put things in their place. Yes, of so course. it's it to me is a way to organize the world. And so we see organizing spatially how these different families and farms and pictures relate. Fascinating. And having them linked digitally, like with Adele Passmore's book from 1980, like the best history on Wilmington that there is. Right. So each of these places you can click through and, it, and then it's the story that she told about those places. Right, and our town's going through a lot of changes as all towns do, That's true. but you can look at the traffic patterns even mm -hmm. to kind of figure out, well, how did we get Main Street? You know, uh, we all take it for granted, we just drive there. But it might be fascinating sometimes to kind of look at these things and see where we came from and it can help us figure out where we're gonna go. Right. right? So the Historical Commission, you're part of them now. Yes. They let you in. You, if you ask the right nice. question of them, they recognize that you have uh, the right questions to ask and make a good asset. So cool. I joined at the start of this year. I think mm -hmm. that's great. And when did you get your genealogy certificate or when did you become a master of genealogy? Yeah. Or what do they call that? So I, I'm not a certified genealogist. Oh. I'm a hobby genealogist. Do you have to take a test for that? Um, if you wanted to get certified, that, then you could do it for money and okay. charge people to help uh, build their own trees. Okay. I do everything for free, so no paper so necessary. Okay. Um, but my mother was the family genealogist, and, and she had some ah. really big projects in the 1970s. So this is in your DNA. along yeah. with your. So, so now I'm getting a better picture of you as a person. So this is in your DNA to be a genealogist, and then you just we yeah. just got the luck that you moved here and figured right. out our genealogy. And, and we want to say clearly, there was a lot of good stuff already there. You just kind right. of put it all into one nice little right. package. Trying to organize it right. a little bit. Yeah. And so what's next for, because there's always more. What's there's, next? There's always this? more. So even the MAPS project, that had led me to digging through and trying to build up a list of all the residents of Wilmington that ever lived here. Wow. And that got kind of out of control. And I, there's still more to do there. Like the Vital Records book is long and many pages. Wow. And I need to match up what I know with the Vital Records book. And then what we'll have at the end is kind of version two of James Kelly's book. He was the, oh, yes. the town clerk and he uh, put it together in 1898 at the okay. request of the state that every town keep vital records and publish them. So why is this important to you? You know, we don't do things in life unless it means something to us. And I, yeah. I understand now you've told me your mom was into that. And sometimes as kids, we develop the same habits and mm -hmm. hobbies as our parents. But why do you think this is vital? Why? Uh, first, for the sake of completeness, mm. right? So the Kelly book was complete insofar as they had paper records, but they didn't. Uh, have everything. They had what he did through walking through the cemetery and collecting sure. the, the town records. And one of the things that um, I presented at the Essex Society of Genealogists and they pointed out there are far more number of birth records than death records. It's just a com completeness issue. Hmm. And so if, if I can go through what exists today that the internet helps make accessible 
and to make a more complete record. I feel like I'm adding to the body mm. of knowledge. But why do you love it? I'm going to make a guess uh, because it speaks to your engineer's yeah, mind. Yeah, I think that's it. Right? Fighting um, entropy. Yep, mm -hmm. yep. And probably insomnia too. Like, because engineers' <laughs> minds tend to go obsession, on. Like, yes, right? right? Uh -huh. But um, it's a good obsession, though. This yeah. is a healthy obsession, right? So I'm guessing maybe there's a warm night you can't sleep and you get up and you just do a little research and before you know it, the sun's coming up. Yeah. Well, so granted, these aren't my families, but when right. I do the same sort of thorough treatment for my family, it helps me identify who I am. Oh. It helps me understand there are these experiences that my ancestors had been through and experience that built life lessons that they taught to their children that then my parents taught to me yeah and everybody is descended from somebody and maybe right. there's you know there's there's high points and low points and some of them you right. try to move beyond but you know we're collecting all of those experiences yeah. and if we document them now before we it's have too late data loss yeah, yeah then yeah. then we're making and, I preservation mean, the universal humanity it's right. commonality, really. We're all the same people, just right. living in different places. And to be perfectly fair, we are cousins. We just don't know how yet. Right. And it's probably, I've found that um, most people who live in New England have a long history of New England heritage. Right. And anybody that you meet, you're going to be their 10th cousin. This is true. Or ninth cousin. This is true. Or 12th cousin. And I also know you've worked with the Hardin Tavern mm -hmm. as well, um, kind of putting some of the genealogy stuff over there. Yes. But it's going to live on the library primarily, which you saw in the footage. Um, and we're going to send a nice tutorial to them yes. from the footage so that Thank folks, you. when they try to you know, navigate the site, they can do it. Yes. Is there anything final? We could talk for another two or three hours, I'm sure. But is there anything final you'd like to say today before you close? Yes. Um, so maybe the first and most important thing is that if you have family stories that you've heard, the best thing to do is to write them down. And after you write them down, share them with all your family members. An easy way to do that is on familysearch.org. You can put memories with photographs and stories and documents. And that's a way to preserve those sorts of memories so that everybody can have them. So when you say write, do you actually mean on physical paper or do you mean type? If that's what you do, then write it on both. paper. Here's yeah. why I think both. I think um, the, the written should go in a vault, yeah. somewhere safe. And, you know, we all pull out papers from our parents and they're mm -hmm. all ragged-eared and things like that. But, you know, uh, computer stuff, we don't know if data is going to be lost. So I, I say right. backup for backup for backup, you bet. right? So you put it with, who did you say, the family genealogy at, folks? At familysearch.org. And I have yeah. great confidence that they back up and back up and back up because they're one of the largest family right. tree services. But there is something to be said about the written word and oh, how yeah. it feels when you actually write that out. It's a cathartic, I think, to you do bet. that. And yeah. so like in my mom's research, she has found some of these written records from our ancestors in the 1850s and 60s in Tennessee. Yeah. And misspellings and all, it's fantastic to look it. at. And I love the verbiage, like yeah. the words they used, yeah. and even the how the cursive, we don't do cursive anymore, but how they wrote and the way they slanted the page and it was pen and ink and there was blots and sure. all that kind of stuff. It just makes it live sure. even more. Is there any way folks get in touch with you that you'd be willing to share if they want to talk to you more or have uh -huh. information to share? Absolutely. So the easiest way right now is to send me an email. And okay. my email is listed on the Historical Commission's website, and it's jjackson at wilmingtonma.gov. Wonderful. And I will answer every question. I know you will. Yeah. 
And timely as well. The, the second thing I want to, <laughs> yes, to please, say, say um, in closing is that uh, genealogy is addictive. And it, as people start, they will sink lots of hours into it. So I have to express my gratitude to my wife, Jennifer, who's um, wow. seen <laughs> the, the hundreds and hundreds of hours that have gone into this project. She, she knows more with, about Wilmington than she ever wanted yes, to know, right? Every time I say, hey, get this, listen to this story. So I love it. I love it. But you know, thing. she's from Maine, right? You said? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was born in Maine. So not too far from here to there. Oh, yeah. You know, and a rich history. And it, it's really great for your kids, too, to know where they're living and, and right. what's going on. And it's amazing. And I, I just want to thank you for the gift that you are to Wilmington. You're welcome. Um, even though you're not from here, I'm going to make you an honorary Wilmingtonite. <laughs> it is not my power to do so, but I'm going to do it. And we, I can't even say, when people look at what you've done, they're going to be blown away. Because it, I can't even begin to scratch the surface of the comprehensiveness. And so we thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. You're, you're very yeah. welcome. Yeah, and thanks for taking time out of your busy genealogy work <laughs> to come and visit with us. Anytime. Happy right. to chat. Super duper. Thank you so much for watching this episode of Where's Wilmington. As you saw in the footage, if you want to learn how to use the genealogy map, super fun. You should try it. Um, do that. And thank you to Joe for being with us. And thank you so much for watching this episode of Where's Wilmington. The next time someone asks you Where's Wilmington, you tell them right here, look on the map, and right here on WCTV. We'll see you next time.